Welcome to Explore the Word Podcast. So glad you could join in today. Hope you're having a wonderful, enjoying the summer weather. In this episode, we're going to examine grief. We all have faced or will face the emotion of grief. And grief is a proper expression of emotion with sadness, with loss. And so it, it's, it's right, but we just need to make sure that we don't let it go too far where we end up in depression and things of that nature. We do have scriptures that show us the truth that of grief and that it's appropriate. Jesus grieved at Lazarus' grave in John chapter 11, verse 33 or 32. Then when Mary was come unto Jesus, where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet and said unto him, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. Then Jesus therefore saw her weeping, the Jews were also weeping, which came with her. He groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And they and said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come see. And Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could, could this not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave. A stone laid upon it. And in 1 Thessalonians 4.13, it talks about grief for the believer as well. Grief is the expression of a sorrowful event, or an act, something that happened that's sorrowful and painful. The word grief it means keen mental suffering or distress over affliction or loss. Sharp sorrow, painful regret. A cause or occasion of keen distress or sorrow. Sorrow over loss, that hurts. You know, I've lost in different ball games, hockey games, competitions. Those losses, they didn't hurt. But I have lost friends, and that hurts. Uh, such losses really can shatter a person's life, their, their habits, their day-to-day operations as such. So you need to be careful. You could, and it might not even be a loss in the sense of someone passing away. It could be grieving that someone's uh, uh, finances have been lost. You know, it, like the, the fortune has been ruined. You could be grieving by a change in, in a loved one's health. Maybe he's taken a bad turn and so on. There's lots of ways that we could see grief. So the emotion, emotional response of grief is not sinful. So I feel grief. I'm not in sin. But when that grief drifts into despair, that's when it's wrong. I've been involved in many funerals during my time in the ministry. I have witnessed utter despair in funerals. In the funerals of the lost. They have no hope. Total loss. It's like, uh, the best way I could describe it, it's like tsunami waves of grief. And I've left such services very heavy-hearted myself for those folks. Then I've been to many other funerals of individuals who have been saved or know Christ as Savior. And they grieve, but it's different. First Thessalonians 4.13 But I have not you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Hope is an anchor that helps us as Christians from drifting into despair. It's an, it's an anchor, and it's so important. 
we don't minimize how difficult a loss is. It does hurt. Life has been changed now. If a family member, loved one, a friend has passed, that, that changes things. But we must reinforce that God has a plan. We must reinforce that reality and that he's working out his plan. When we are stuck, struck by loss and grief, you know, it, it, can, it comes to us in, in amazing ways and in a sense of the emotion and what takes place. Humans are emotional and we grieve. When we grieve, we stir them up and everybody's different. So some of the emotions that kind of take along with grief are fear. Uh, we can we can easily get into fear. Uh, so fear, what do I do now that Jim's gone? All right, my husband died, Jim, and, and I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm afraid. There could be anger. Why did God take away my Jane? Why did he take her from me? She, he knows how much I need her. Could be a feeling of guilt. I've seen people who were really upset. Uh, maybe they said a really nasty word to the person who died, didn't know that they were going to pass away. It's very sudden death. and oh, I wasn't as encouraging as I wanted to be or should have been or whatever. So they feel guilt. Um, resentment is another one. Worry as well. And, and grief has um, even more problems. You know, If we go deeper into it, it could lead to sleep loss, uh, depression, so that kind of idea. So many counselors describe grief as having three stages. So one is the initial shock, if it's unexpected passing. This grief can appear as a stone cold in some others. There's not a tear shed, and in others, it's absolutely no control. Okay, like just weeping and bawling. It can last for a few moments to a few hours. I can uh, remember my best friend at the time. Clinton Clark. I met him in Bible College. He was in our third, uh, yeah, third year uh, that summer. He was uh, when had gone up to Northern Quebec to do a vacation Bible school, and on the way back after they finished vacation Bible school, they had stopped to go swimming in some lake, and he drowned. I mean, it hit me like a hammer. He was in good health, in good shape. He was unexpected. I still remember the guy who phoned me and told me about it. I mean, it was utterly shocking. At this stage, if you're helping someone, the best thing you can do is be present for that person, for that family. You're standing by. That's really what your your, your presence is important. You're standing by. If they need anything, you're there to help. And I have, over the years in ministry, noticed that a lot of times during this moment, uh, initial shock, uh, there's things that are said that aren't right. Uh, there may be uh, a, a word of doubting God's love or God's uh, divine plan or whatever. Um, and, and my own self, I've just taken the approach that, you know what, the person's tired, they're going through a lot, I'm here to help. I can always refer back to those things when that individual is in a better state of mind. I can encourage them in those areas. Because grief wears you out physically in very quick fashion. It's amazing how quickly it can just drain you. So the initial shock. Then number two is a disorganized state. Uh, this could last, uh, or stage, this could last a few weeks to months. The person has faced a loss. His life has been, or her life has been turned upside down. 
everyone who's listening, we are all creatures of habits. And the person who's lost that individual, that patterns in their life have been really torched to the ground. There's, there's nothing left, or very little. They can't go back as in the past. They have to change. And uh, I'm not old, but the older I get, I don't like change. The best of times, change is hard, and this situation, that person is in the worst of times. It's during this time one's dealing with grief, uh, you know, they're seriously examining their future you know, in, in this disorganized stage. Um, I can think of myself with my friend Clinton. He, when he passed away, my head was spinning. He was trying to serve the Lord. He was serving the Lord. And in my own mind, it was, um, am I going to end up like that? Should I really keep doing this thing? Should I try to find a different line of work? And is that really is this a calling that I have, or is this something that I should look to do something else? So there's a lot of examining and thinking about, and examining future steps is a good thing, but we need to help or guide that grieving individual not to make decisions that are massive or hasty. Here's a few examples. I'm going to sell the house. Because I don't want to live here anymore. Okay, I'm done. Uh, or uh, another one is to move in with the kids. Or to move back in with my parents. Another one is to move across the country. Uh, because I want to get far away from here. Moving far away from the country. Or the other side of the country moves you far from the support network that you have. So well, I was glad to have friends I could talk to where my pen friend passed away. Uh, Clinton. And it helped me stay on target, stay where I needed to go. Uh, and so then the third one is a reorganization stage. This can last weeks or months as well. This is a time that the person who's faced that loss, they're reorganizing their life. And, you know, their life is afresh. They're, they're healing. I'm not saying the healing is complete because it takes time. Uh, so they're, they're healing. They're moving forward with their life. There's a good attitude and things. And maybe this is the time to sell the house. Maybe that was a really good idea. And now's the time to do that. Uh, it's a great time to encourage that person or persons to maximize their impact for Christ. Look for new potentials of service. Um, maybe what they went through, they could help other people through. Encourage them to set long-term, short-term goals in serving the Lord. Set terms, uh, goals for their own personal lives as well. As Christians... There will be times uh, weeping and, and for ourselves individually, and there will be times when we can help those who are weeping, who are, who are grieving. Uh, don't run from helping someone in their grief. The Lord will give you the grace and strength to help that brother and sister in need with Christian love and Christian compassion. Okay, so let's be encouraging each other in our worst days. And, uh, you know, keep it up. Don't stop uh, serving others. And I really appreciate you listening today. I hope it's been a help to you to help someone face their grief or maybe yourself. Maybe you're facing grief. And I hope that's been an encouragement. Until next time, keep exploring the Word and looking to Jesus. Bye for now.